you a real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb and then smart again. I'm Helen Hong. And now, socially distancing from our homes in Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Wonderful to see you again. How are you? Very nice to see you well, over thank Zoom. thank you. What has been going on in your exciting world, Helen Hong? Well, I'm preparing to uh, have a baby. Right. I think That's I've still happening. This, right? I know you mentioned I, I, it about a month ago. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. I we haven't checked in since then. The baby thing's still happening. The baby thing is still happening. Very exciting. It is like very, it's getting pretty close to D-Day. We just looked at the birth center today. My sister has opted to have a birth at a birth center. Now, Part this may not surprise you. I have no idea what a birth center is other than oh, it's a centrally located place for a birth. It doesn't even have to be centrally located. Oh, okay. It's just uh, where one goes to just, there's just births. That's all that happens there is births. It's like a birth it's, depot. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah. A so birth, th- that's yeah, different exactly. maybe than a hospital or a midwifery place that some other people may traditionally would go. Yeah, I mean, it, there there is a midwifery. Midwifery, excuse like, me. Midwifery, yeah, midwifery component that can happen at the birth center. But yeah, it's not a hospital. That's actually what's different about a birth center is that there's not like other sick people. Ah, okay. Um, that seems like a very obvious idea that has <laughs> only recently I come mean, into play. Believe it or not, part of the reason why my sister has opted to do this is because we just met a woman who she and her baby both caught COVID oh, gosh. during at the hospital oh, during no. the birth. And we were like, what? And she's like, yeah, I mean, thank God she's fine. The baby's fine. But yeah. like, what? WTF hospital. Yeah, really? Birth center that you got that, birth you got that center. selected or you're still in the process? Yeah. We selected it. Okay. Um, we went to look at the place, and it's kind of it's it's a little weird. It just looks like a room with a bed with a giant bathtub in it, uh-huh. like a jacuzzi type tub, <laughs> which is uh, which normally would be like, hey, it's like romantic getaway. No, yeah. it's where you're going to be screaming and pushing for a while. <laughs> yeah, that is usually so. what I do when I get into a jacuzzi, but uh, that's a whole <laughs> other story. Uh, so this will be a water birth as well. A water birth, yeah. Wow. Yikes. I, I, I just, um, it's a one giant buckle up for this kid. Like, ah, ah, <laughs> and now where is where is Aunt Helen uh, in all of this when, when the birth happens? Are you planning on being there, being a part of it? Are you going to be on the road? What, what's going well, on? Well, believe it or not, J. Keith, I am incredibly squeamish, mm. which I didn't realize how squeamish I was until I started actually learning about the gory details of birth. Yeah. Um, a lot of squeam. So, a lot of squeam when it comes to birth. A lot of squeam. Oh, it's all squeam. It's squeam up and down, A to Z, squeam. It's all squeam. So I may be in the room until I'm like, yikes, and then I may leave the room. Because <laughs> that's not how, I mean, that's not going to help anyone. That, <laughs> yeah. you know. That's going to be the baby's first experience is hearing someone <laughs> say, yikes. yikes. Mm. <laughs> Exit, stage left. <laughs> well, congratulations again, Thank Helen. You. Continued good luck with that. But the other thing that we should discuss is that we're right in the thick of the Max Fun Drive. It's the most wonderful time. It's Max Fun Drive time. Helen, I swear you need to put that in your act. Who wouldn't want to come to see Helen Hong live one day <laughs> and hear Helen sing a Max Fun Drive song 
with a very likely copyright violation. <laughs> uh, Alan, <laughs> let's talk about Max Fun Drive. Breaking news, perhaps. If you're listening to this on the day that it drops, this weekend we will be doing a little mini episode of Go Fact Yourself on the live Max Fun Drive finale episode that is going to be uh, streaming. Uh, you can find that on YouTube and all the information at MaximumFun.org slash join. But the point is, Max Fun Drive, as you probably know by now, is your chance to show your support both for Maximum Fun and specifically for the shows you listen to, like, we hope, Go Fact Yourself. Helen, why should people support Go Fact Yourself in the Maximum Fun Drive? Well, You're an unbiased observer, tell them. I mean, come on, let's face it. Go Fact Yourself is a dope, dope show. But guess what? It is not free to make. It costs money. The recording, the producing, the editing. There is so much editing that goes into the show. <laughs> yeah. And that just costs a lot of money. And if you like our show, if you like other shows on the Maximum Fun Network, please show us your support by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. Maximum Fun works on an audience-supported model, which means that you can make the show like you want. We do the shows that are supported by our audience. If our audience didn't support the show, we wouldn't make this show. And we make the show with you in mind. That's right, because a huge chunk of our funding comes from our membership, comes from our listener base. We kind of have to listen to what you guys say. We we pay attention to the feedback. We pay attention to the comments, the tweets when you tweet at us. That We all really take that to heart because we are making the show for you because without you there would be no show <laughs> and no kidding Helen we really do listen to you in fact the episode you're listening to now is a direct result of feedback from our audience every once in a while on Twitter at GoFactorPod I ask people who would you like to hear as guests on the show and today's guests are the number one answers that we get we love being part of a community it's great to do a podcast it's great to have success as a podcast but being part of a community like we have at Maximum Fun is really the the cherry on the icing on the cake. And the reason that we have a community of Maximum Fun is because people don't just give money, they become members. And we want you as a member or an upgrading member at MaximumFun.org slash join. It only costs as little as $5 a month and you get so much for that $5. We'll have a lot more details on that plus a very special stretch goal that we're trying this year coming up on this episode. All right, enough of this pitching for now. There's plenty more of that to come. But today on Go fact yourself. Two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics, and finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guests. Helen, who are they? They are writers and podcast hosts who can be heard individually on The Adventure Zone, My Brother, My Brother and Me, and Still Buffering, and who can be heard together on Sawbones, all here on the Maximum Fun Network. It's Dr. Sydney and Justin McElroy. Hello, Justin and Sydney. Hi. Hi. You're the first other adults we've talked to in many months. So what a thrill this is. Wow. A genuine well, delight. Wow. Well, what would you like to talk about now that you have this opportunity? <laughs> What's up with the news, huh? Oh, man, no. there's so much of it. How about no. stocks, right? Oh, they go up, they go down. That, How can you keep track? That Bitcoin, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Buy Bitcoin if you yes. can. Yeah, well, huge. Yeah. 
Huge. Really? Huge. No. Oh, yeah. You got into your two late. Sorry, too when was late. the best time to buy Bitcoin six months <laughs> yes. ago yes. or yesterday? Yes. But you got it's like again. going into a fancy French boutique. If you have to ask, then yeah. you cannot afford it. Please. <laughs> yes. Ah, okay. Now, Justin, I especially appreciate your joining us tonight because I understand that you were in mourning. You were dealing with a difficult loss that affects your podcast profoundly. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining mm-hmm. us in this sensitive time. Tell the people what is going on and how you are handling it. Yeah. Unfortunately, Yahoo Answers, which is a service that has been a part of my brother, my brother, me for the entire run since the very first episode back in April of 2010 is finally being shuttered by the the good people at Yahoo. Oh no! Um, you know, but it's, they've it, given me so many poor answers. I know it's <laughs> been so. Uh, uh, I was going to say the opposite of invaluable. But that wouldn't be valuable, would it? <laughs> no, it's been bad for a long time, but it is yeah. uh, very good. You know what's hilarious about it is since Yahoo Answers, this is true, I, mm-hmm. since Yahoo Answers shut down in the, in the days since, both the New York Times and Esquire have reached out to me to write something about it. Whoa. This is the most mainstream press I've received in my entire <laughs> life. And it is because this bad service is finally They're dying. They're like, you're the only one who still used it. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and it wasn't even me. My brother's Griffin is the one that gets it, but he had just had a baby, so he's too busy. So I'm like second rung on this, on this media <laughs> tour. To eulogize. Yeah, exactly. Yahoo answers. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm sure they feel good about having you as a spokesperson for the family. But what I love about uh, what you guys do with the show is you take questions from Yahoo Answers, for those who don't know, and you attempt to answer them. And some of the ones that stood out to me as I was looking through some of your, your past episodes was uh, how much does Africa cost? An actual an actual question mm-hmm. posted on Yahoo Answers. And then I like the ones that don't seem like questions, and yet there's a question mark there, so you tackle it. For instance, I ate a whole can of baked beans. <laughs> uh, what, are, what are some of your favorites that stand out from the, uh, um, the long collection you've done what is the difference between anorexic and balsamic that's one that's funny that that has not come up in our no. what's the difference round because that, that where like would be um where is a good place to get spaghetti in denver because it's like you're gonna <laughs> just, you could google nope, nope. gonna go nope. to yahoo answers gonna and figure yahoo it out answers. uh can you take a shower with your parakeets, that's one oh. that popped up. Hmm. Yeah. And how did you, how did you uh, come down on that? I don't think we settled a judgment. You know, I think oh. it's a very individual choice. And now and we're not veterinarians. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Those birds are long dead. This show's been yeah, running probably. a long time. Well, I don't know if you know this. I actually have an interesting connection to Yahoo Answers. Uh, there was a, a brief period in maybe about 2007 or so where Yahoo made a video series that was based on Yahoo Answers called Yahoo Answers on the Street, and I was the host of it. Oh, wow. We went out and took popular questions from Yahoo Answers and asked it to people on the street and then brought it to experts to answer, and uh, huh. our results were very similar to what you to what you found on your show as well. And yet Esquire comes to me. It's and baffling. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that's that's I, was not, I was not trying to... Uh, to to pull rank on the Esquire thing, I, 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 would, I would be happy. I would be happy if highlights came to me for a quote. Uh, Sydney, you are an actual medical doctor, so the first question I have to ask is, how are you? How are you feeling and dealing with everything going on right now? Uh, you know, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's not obviously been an easy year. Sure. <laughs> um, it's been rough, but I've been really busy, and I have a lot of support. I work with a good crew, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been able to do a lot of outreach into our community to to some underserved groups over the past year to to help with the vaccination and everything as that's mm-hmm. gone underway. So, uh, you know, I'm good. I'm good. I bet that as a medical doctor, you get a lot of what I get as a stand-up comedian, which is like, hey, doc, I've got this mole here. 
appreciative. <laughs> Whereas, like, as a stand-up comedian, I always get like, hey, tell me a joke. And I'm like, I Oh, okay. Not... I, I thought people wanted you to look at their moles as well, I mean, Helen. they I didn't do, quite and then they want me to tell them a joke, which is like, yeah. I'm not on the clock right now. So I am not – I'm a professional. Not an exaggeration every family gathering. I mean, yeah. I'm yeah. not – my, I mean, but every it, time my dad comes over every week, it's like, can you look at this? Yeah. Yes. And not just with family, just out in public. Um, it's not uncommon if somebody finds out that you're a physician, that they ask yeah. you to tell them a joke. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, for me, as a, as a podcaster, I usually get, um, can you talk till I fall asleep? Or I've got some, I've got some dishes to wash. Uh, would you come over to my house and stand behind me? No, it's uh, give me cereal news. That's yeah, going tell me what's my... going on with cereal what right is now. Your, what's your go-to, Dr. Sydney? What's your go-to response to the, uh, like, if it random, completely random people are like, hey, would you take a look at this bump that I've got on the blood? I'm kind of a pushover. For, I will always. <laughs> she lives for it. <laughs> she... No, no, that's not. But I will always, uh, uh, within reason, take a look. <laughs> you will? Um, but I will. I'll always take a look. But I try to be very careful to couch everything in. But you really just should go see your doctor. Like, here's here is to help you sleep tonight, and then mm -hmm. tomorrow wake up and make an appointment with your own doctor, please. Oh my <laughs> god, that's not me. that is so generous of you. Because whenever I get tell me a joke, I go knock knock, and they go who's there, and I go and I just start walking away. I literally just start walking away, and that's how I respond. I should try that yeah. next time. <laughs> you both host a wonderful podcast called Sawbones here on Max Fun, which is a, a tour of medical history. I was listening to some episodes, and I find it interesting that you start with a disclaimer saying not to take the podcast as medical advice. And I'm wondering, did people take it as medical advice? Is, is there a reason for that that's based on experience? No, it was more preventative. Okay. <laughs> we, so that's an important part of uh, medicine yes, as well. Exactly. When we when we went into the sort of medical space, we wanted to be very clear from the outset mm -hmm. that please don't just do whatever I say and then you know, the, the worst case scenario, sue me because it didn't work out so well. <laughs> right. Because I'm not your doctor. I'm just right. a doctor. So, yes. yeah. That seems to be a common theme. You want people to see their own doctor, not, not just you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What's so great about the show is you really delve into the past of medical history, the things that are quackery that it's very easy to see as quackery now, and then things that it was just the best knowledge that they had at the time. How do you find information that's reliable that from so far back? You know, it's really interesting. One of the things I learned in doing the podcast is that there are a lot of doctors and then other people like in medical research and and on that end of it who love to write peer-reviewed journal articles <laughs> about medical history. Oh, um, there are lots of other nerds like me who are out there. <laughs> I can find one of those articles and they link me to a ton of primary sources. And so I'm just lucky that I am one of many nerds who love to <laughs> These are the people who get stuff. off of regular work and they're like, I got to crank out a fun one. I wonder how they dealt with malaria in the 1600s. <laughs> it's true. It's totally true. There are tons of, and they're just like human interest in the science world. Like, yeah. listen to this fanciful story I'm about yeah. to tell you. <laughs> That's great. By, by the way, there are a bunch of other nerds like me is pretty much the Max Fun business model. So <laughs> right. I definitely relate to Thank that. Thank goodness for them. We don't <laughs> scale otherwise. I just learned recently that doctors washing their hands in between medical procedures is a fairly new phenomenon. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. Like they just. Yeah. Was there actual resistance to that before? Did they feel like, like they were above cleaning their hands or something? Completely. Ignaz Simmelweis was the first doctor to suggest we should wash our hands. And he noticed that there were more infections for patients. Actually, he was delivering children. And he noticed that if you came straight from doing an autopsy to delivering a baby. Yes! 
that there were more infections. That is exactly the video that mm-hmm. I watched. I think it was on Absolute History or something on YouTube. Like I watched this whole like thing about that doctor and how he suggested like, hey, between uh, handling the dead bodies and the bay and delivering babies, maybe you should pause at the hand washing station. And all these doctors were like, whoa, 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 Simmelweis. Settle down. Yep. There was huge resistance. Uh, he wow. was kind of a pariah. Uh, it was the the rest of his career was him bitterly writing that everybody should wash their hands and getting angry at conferences and other doctors just thinking he was a complete buffoon and making fun of him and nobody washing their hands Ugh. until I mean decades later before everybody's until like, like <laughs> March 2020. <laughs> yeah, it's like hey, actually, let's check it out. Yeah, the problem is they didn't have a song they could sing along to while they were washing right. their hands. They that, didn't know how to do it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you both do podcasts with your siblings. Um, I can barely talk to mine on the phone for ten minutes. How how do you? What's the secret to having a good conversation with your siblings that that lasts for as long as they do? I'm cheating because like I I really like talking to my brothers we mm-hmm. we've been sort of our dad was in morning radio uh for our entire lives just retired like a couple years back and he he does the adventures with us now but we grew up in a household that like it the, the way we communicated was like dunking on each other i mean like constant <laughs> like that was dinner time i mean sydney yeah. knew me we mm-hmm. we dated when i was like 15 and sydney was 13 so like what? she saw us back then and yeah. i think she will attest like <laughs> It's pretty much the same. The show that we mm-hmm. do now is the one we used to do for our mom. So, yes. wow. that's the truth. The same dynamic. Yeah. And Sydney, what about you? Uh, do Do you find that you're gotten closer with your siblings by having that podcast together? Are you able to say things that you might not be able to if there weren't a microphone? Definitely. You know, I think um, my middle sibling Taylor and I were we're close in age, so we've always been pretty close. Even though distance now is a challenge because mm-hmm. they're in Brooklyn, but. And I'm in West Virginia. Our youngest sister, Riley, there's such an age gap between us. Um, I was in my senior year of high school when she was born. And so I think the structure of our show, talking about like pop culture then and now and comparing the teen experience, no matter what decade you're a teenager in, has been a really useful tool to help us all sort of connect and find common ground Mm. and and talk about stuff that we didn't naturally discuss because of that big age difference between us. I do a YouTube channel with my folks, and I've been, yeah, it's called Old Korean Dad Stories. Check it out. On oh, fun. <laughs> um, and I've been, I've been learning a lot about them because there's something about the formality of, like, being, in, of being mm. recorded that actually mm-hmm. lends itself to, like, well, we'd ne- we would never just talk about this over the phone, you know, on our daily conversations, but there's a formality to it that, you know, allows him to bring up stuff that, that I would, he would never bring up normally. And you guys yeah. also talk about Yahoo Answers, don't you? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> especially, especially, I've got this cucumber stuck up my... Oh, here we go. Okay. Uh, oh, last no. thing I wanted to ask you about, we are, of course, releasing this episode during Max Fun Drive. I wanted to see if you wouldn't mind just taking a moment and talking about what it means to you to be able to do your shows on Max Fun and what listener support means to you. Oh, I mean, I, I don't think you can overstate it. I mean, we, we went from, I mean, both working other jobs to just doing podcasting full time and uh, mainly i mean sydney obviously mm-hmm. is still working in the in the hospital doing doctor doing stuff doing doctor yeah. stuff slumming it as a, <laughs> as a medical wow. but it like it has enabled her to i mean the the vast majority of the the doctrine that sydney does now is volunteer i mean it's just offering it up for free and she's able to do that for like people experiencing homelessness and stuff like that because of the support of our listeners which is like a, an amazing side benefit, but like, that's what we, that's the kind of thing that we've been able to do, like make new shows. And, uh, I mean, 
I try not to. I, it's hard for me, honestly, to not get choked up about it because it's like how we feed our kids and how we have a roof over their head and stuff like that. Like I, it, see, uh, gosh darn it, it no, means no, the we, world. We welcome emotion wow. here. It, it, yeah, it's but so early. I'm, oh, that's right. You know, it, usually is, it usually is toward the end. <laughs> I cry pretty much every time I record anything, as my brothers call it, the, the Emmy juice. Once it starts flowing, okay. it's, hard, oh, it's hard to get to I'm stop. I'm going to take this exact clip and play it for my parents and be like, she's a doctor, but she makes money as a podcaster. <laughs> See that? I'm not a failure. See? I'm not a failure, Mom. That's where the money is. She's, it's a, yeah. she's a medical doctor, but no. She's doing this, okay? It's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> and Sydney, anything you'd like to add on that note? Um, just that everything Justin said, but also it's our community of listeners, our family, our supporters are just such amazing people. I love through doing our show, I get so many emails from people sharing you know, their little anecdotes and experiences and thoughts. And I've just uh, being able to be part of Maximum Fun and be part of our listeners community and just share in their lives a little bit. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us on our show. I know we've been trying to do this for a while. We appreciate you making the time, especially yeah. during this challenging time and with kids at home and all that. So Justin and Sydney McElroy, thanks so much for being here. Our um, pleasure. Thank you. All right, Justin and Sydney, we ask each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you have some expertise. Sydney, you said you know a lot about Archie Comics, the movie Grease 2, and <laughs> Making Slime. Whereas, Justin, you said you know a lot about woodworking, the show Sleep No More, and the band They Might Be Giants. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I should not answer emails drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember those, but yes. You did okay. not? Okay. <laughs> I've been woodworking since May of last year. Okay. I mean, what, a, well. what a swing for the fences that was. <laughs> Hachi wachi. Well, hopefully you've been cramming. We'll see if uh, we'll see which one we're going to ask you about because later on we're going to ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Your topic today, oh, Rob. First up, Sydney. Sydney, your question comes from a listener. Who is it, Helen? It's from Isaiah Leung from Kirkland, Washington. Listeners, if you would like to submit a suggestion for our What's the Difference round, go to gofactyourpod.com and click on Get Involved. Thank you, Helen, and thank you, Isaiah. All right, Sydney, in the topic of Oh, Rob, they both are things you don't want to happen, but when someone steals something from your home, what's the difference between robbery and burglary? Robbery and burglary. I don't know this at all. Either way, I assume you've lost something, so I'm not clear. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to ask you to, to, to guess if you want to try to think it out and just give it your best guess. Is it? Is there a monetary difference that differentiates? Like how much Over a certain dollar level. value okay. <laughs> it becomes burglary? And which one burglary? is more than the other? Burglary is worse. It's the higher dollar amount. Than a robbery. Okay. Yes. Very good. We've got uh, Sydney's answer. We don't know yet if she is correct. Justin, if you don't think she's got it exactly right, you can steal. What do you think? I think it's that robbery is when you're there mm -hmm. and burglary is when you aren't there. Like if you're not in your house, it's burglary. Got it. Uh, all right. Well, this segment has robbed enough of our listeners' time. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judge's table for the facts. Here are the facts. If someone steals something from your home... It's a robbery if that person uses violence or the threat of violence against you. It's a burglary if they don't. 
That's it. That's right. So if someone sneaks into your house and runs off with your cat, that's burglary. In fact, they're a cat burglar. But if you happen to be at home and the assailant threatened you and demanded the cat, they're a cat robberer. Also, listeners, please don't steal my cats. Helen, how did Justin <laughs> and Sydney do in that round? I don't think either one of you got, got that one right. So I'm going to say zero points across the board on that one. That's right. The difference is the threat of violence. So I'm sorry, no points there. Uh, up next, though, is Justin. Justin, your question also comes from a listener. Who is it this time, Helen? It's from Shauna Flashka of Oxford, Mississippi. Thank you, Shauna. All right, Justin, your question, the topic of, oh, Rob, it may seem like we answered this just moments ago, but we did not. So what is the difference between Rob and Steel? Rob and Steel. Hmm. Uh, Rob is from your home, uh-huh. and Steel is outside of your home. Uh, so you can't you be robbed. Door, you're getting stolen. Yeah, you leave. Yeah. You step outside. Yeah, that's steal. You're stealing. Yes, but if I'm at my home, you're robbing me. Okay, now what if you're on the front porch, or what if you're, uh, what if you're maybe just crossing over the threshold of your of your door. What if I'm half on, half in, half out, and it happens then? Right. That, that's actually like international waters. You okay. can't try to <laughs> In that case, it's that. fair game. It's none of <laughs> Not a crime. <laughs> okay, not a crime. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. We've got Justin's answer. Sydney, what do but you what think? what would Yahoo answers say? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Probably better than that, ironically. <laughs> I would have said the same thing. I think you're right. So I don't think I can steal it or, okay. or rob it. Or burgle it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this segment is becoming criminally long. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. Rob refers to whom you took something from. Steal refers to what you took. You rob an old lady. Oh. You don't steal an old lady. Oh, That's right. That makes so much more sense. Yes. Good rule of thumb. Don't steal an old lady. That uh, explains why no one's – I've never heard anyone say, like, they robbed my car. Or I guess unless they stole something from your car. If I had thought through this for 30 seconds. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we tried to right. give you that opportunity, but uh, Hey, okay. well, hey. It's a podcast. You got to keep it moving. Got to keep it moving. Fast yes. and no, fun. Exactly. Everyone who listens to podcasts does so because of their brevity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell that to hardcore history. Exactly. That is right, of course. You would rob me to steal my cats. And again, please, everybody, don't steal my cats. Helen, how did our guests do in that round? Uh, I don't think either of you got that one either, I'm afraid. No, not until we gave you the answer and you agreed that they were right. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Helen, what is her score at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Sydney McElroy has zero points and Justin McElroy has zero points. What a close game. (laughs) And they're high-fiving each other in support of their tie score. Well, those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. We're both doctors. and Nope, just me. Okay, well, Sydney's a doctor, and I'm a medical enthusiast, and we create Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Every week, I dig through the annals of medical history to bring you the wildest, grossest, sometimes dumbest tales of ways we've tried to treat people throughout history. And lately, we do a lot of modern fake medicine. Because everything's a disaster, but it's slightly less of a disaster every Friday, right here on MaximumFun.org, as we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. And remember, don't drill a hole in your head. 
Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself with our guests, Sydney McElroy and Justin McElroy. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. All right, Sydney, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about Archie Comics, the movie Grease 2, and Making Slime. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, tell us why you chose Archie Comics for one of your topics. I have been a fan of Archie Comics for as long as... I, I think the first time I dug out a stack of Archies from my grandparents' house that were my parent, my moms and various aunts and uncles... And just started reading them over and over and over again and then discovered them at like the checkout at the grocery store that, oh, my gosh, they still make these things. Mm -hmm. I've been obsessed. And so my whole life I've read Archie's. Even to this day, if I see one when I'm checking out, I'm like, yeah, yeah okay, grab an Archie. Uh, I just love them. I don't watch. I don't do the Riverdale thing. I don't watch Riverdale. You don't want to um, watch uh, your beloved childhood characters getting it on. I watched one episode and I had so many problems with <laughs> these characters that I love so much. Yeah. I nerded out and went back. To I heard comics. about the problems for at least twice as long as the episode itself actually <laughs> took to watch. That's not Jughead. Yeah. My Jughead. You see, that's... He Betty would never, Cooper would never, never. do that. Yes. Uh, Wait, can you still find Archie comics in the stores? You sure can. Yeah, they're oh. still making them. There, there's just so many different titles within the Archie world mm -hmm. that right. you can, yeah, they're oh, still wow. out there. All right, Cindy, you also said you know a lot about the movie Grease 2. Yes, I notoriously, I enjoy sequels more than originals, especially <laughs> if the sequels are considered bad. Uh -huh. And Grease 2 is widely, you know, regarded as inferior to the original. But the from the first time I saw it, I was obsessed with it. I've watched that movie so many. I, I make everybody in my life watch it, and all, nobody ever understands. Everyone looks at me like, I don't, I don't know why you love but I love it. I just think the music's great, and the dancing's great, and it's funny, and I love I it. I feel like it's developing a little bit of a cult following at this point. Well, I it's funny like that you mentioned that, Justin. A because, small groundswell. Yeah. Small. This is our 80-something episode. Grease 2 has never come up as a possible topic. The very previous episode to this one with Laura House, uh, another Max Fun host as our guest that was one of the three topics that she gave us we ended up doing Greece instead but it's it just it's so funny when I saw that you said this is one of your topics I was like wow, we gotta get these two wild. Max Fun hosts together because uh, you guys have a lot to talk about <laughs> absolutely Sydney, Sydney do you not like Greece one no, I do like Grease 1. I appreciate it. I just, I find Grease 2 superior. I think I think the music is better. I don't know. I just, I can watch it over and over again and it, it never gets old to me. Terrific. All right. And then finally, Sydney, you said you know a lot about making slime. <laughs> yes. Well, I we have a six-year-old and a three-year-old and kids today, they love making slime. And <laughs> so anytime, if they're fighting, if they're bored, we've been in the house a lot in the past year. Mm -hmm. If it's raining, I can say, hey, here's some bowls some glue let's make some slime kids and so i've had to get good at making slime that doesn't stick to everything which is which means i've had to learn a lot about making slime and what's the secret what makes your slime so great a question i definitely thought i'd be asking a medical doctor today <laughs> contact solution the more you add the bouncier and less sticky it gets and oh. from a kid's perspective if you add too much it doesn't stretch it tears so they hate that but from a parental perspective <laughs> It's ideal. All right. So to summarize, Sydney, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about Archie Comics, the movie Grease 2, and Making Slime. Today we're going to quiz you about 
the movie Grease 2. <gasps> Whoa! Yay! Oh, you seem very excited about that. I am. Do, do you have a favorite song or favorite scene from the movie? Can you choose? Uh, my favorite song is Cool Rider. Absolutely. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer was so cool on that ladder and singing. Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> You just you just got a dreamy far away look as soon as you said it. You were like, uh-huh. oh, look, I've I've never provided her in our entire marriage. Was just supplied by Cool Rider. Well, Justin, I wanted to ask you: Have uh, has she recruited you into watching uh, Grease two and becoming a fan? I've watched it, Jay Keith. Okay, but becoming a fan part has not quite happened yet. Well, hey, I no, I can appreciate it. It does have some good tracks. I'll yeah. be, I'll give it up, and like the performances are fun, and that's all of the defense. That I'm going to do Grease 2. It's not a bad movie. There's no argument there. It's just, yeah. I don't like Grease 1 at all. So uh, actually, to be fair, I do like Grease 2 hey, more than Grease 1. Yeah. Somewhat. That's yeah. true. That's true. Well, Sydney, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in your topic with our three-part question. But before that, to give you a chance to show off, here are five trivia questions about your topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints in these five questions. Now, Justin, do listen closely because you can steal if Sydney gets any wrong. And Justin, yeah. by the way, how much do you know about the movie Grease 2? I've watched it one time. Oh, Okay. That's very generous of you as a husband. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right, Sydney, here's question number one about Grease 2. Although Grease 2 is a sequel to Grease, only a few of the characters appeared in both movies. One of them is a student who had flunked beauty school and returned to Rydell High to learn chemistry and show our leading man the ropes. Who is this beauty school dropout? That's Frenchie. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Very nice. Uh, fun fact, we did an entire segment on Greece on episode 82 of Go Fact Yourself with Laura House. <laughs> Here's question cool. number two. Greece's soundtrack yielded six singles, including two number one hits. Greece 2 soundtrack was not quite as successful, with only one song cracking the Billboard Hot 100. That song was sung by legendary Motown group The Four Tops and opens the movie as the kids go back to school again. What is the name of that song? Isn't it back to school again? Helen? That is correct. It is, yes. Very <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thought we might have thrown you off or made it so easy that it threw you off. But yes, it, it is. Did. It is indeed called back to school again. Sometimes the questions are just that simple. Uh, fun fact, although the movie was filmed in California, the music video for the song was recorded at a high school in Southfield, Michigan, a suburb of Detroit, home of Motown. Have you seen that video, Sydney? No, I haven't. I had not until this week, and I highly recommend it. <laughs> All right, Sydney, you're two for two. Here's question number three. Paulette's sister, Dolores Rebchuk, is called a lot of names, including Woodchuck and Upchuck, but the actor is also called another name. Although credited in Greece too, as Pamela Seagal, what is the last name she used later in her career, a career which is still going strong today? Oh, gosh, I do not know this one. Uh, you do have a hint available if you'd like to use a hint. Or you might want to save it for later. It's up to you. Let's go ahead and use a hint because right. I don't know. All right, Helen, how about that first hint? She won a Peabody Award and two Emmy nominations for her TV show, Better Things. Oh, I don't know. I don't know her name. Better Would you like things. to just say the, a, a, a favorite last name that you have? <laughs> <laughs> a favorite last yes. name. Give a shout out to, to one of your colleagues. Uh, Sure. Curtis. Helen, is it Curtis? It is not Curtis. No, I'm shocked, but apparently it is not. Uh, Justin, with a chance to steal. Yep. I was going to say Curtis. Oh, wow. <laughs> she actually stole, she stole my guess. Helen, is it Curtis? It is not Curtis. Oh, even more shocking Still. than before. Ah. No, I'm terribly sorry. No, we were looking for Adlin, Pamela Adlin. 
Emma, ah. Emma, star of Better Things, also the voice of Bobby Hill on King of the Hill, very prolific. Uh, oh yeah! Actor. Wow. Uh, fun fact: Grease Two was Pamela Adlon's first on-screen role. All right, no point there for either of you. Let's see if you can bounce back with question number four. Sydney, in the classic song, Do It For Our Country, Lewis tries to convince Sharon that a nuclear bomb is on its way from Russia and that it's their patriotic duty to have sex in a fallout shelter. As the song, crescend- <laughs> as the song crescendos, they alternate specific American things as motivations for doing it. But which of the following is not one of the inspiring American icons they name? Is it the Statue of Liberty, the Grand Canyon, the New York Yankees, Mount Rushmore, or Disneyland? I believe it's Mount Rushmore. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Didn't even need the hint. Back in <laughs> gear. Fun fact, no one would do it for Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I, can I just say that I have never seen Grease 2, but this question makes me want to see Grease 2. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good reason to do it. <laughs> It's a wild scene. It's a wild (laughs) movie. By the way, I didn't think I mentioned, I actually saw this in the theater, and uh, (gasps) this was one of the few songs that I had remembered when I rewatched it again uh, earlier this week. Uh, That's a really fun number. Um, I'm jealous. (laughs) All right, here is question number five. You still have one hint available. Much of the plot is driven by the school talent show and its grand prize. What is the grand prize, and what is the name of the talent show? Oh, my gosh. Dr. Sidney, deep in thought. You do have a hint available if you'd like to use your second hint. Yes, I'd like to use my second hint. Helen, how about that second hint? The prize was many pieces of vinyl, and the name of the show is a summer month followed by a celestial body that rhymes with that month. Was it the June Moon talent show and the and um, records, like a gift card for records? Helen? You know what? I will give it to you. All yes. right. Very good. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't think gift cards were a big thing in the 60s yet. It was 100 oh, record yeah. albums, 100 record oh, albums, okay. but it was wow. called the June Moon Talent Show. And that is a full point for you. Very, very nice, Sydney. Oh, dang. Thanks. This is going to be hard for me to dig Thanks. out of. I'm starting a little freaked out now. <laughs> it's all right. Well, you did very well in that round, Sydney. But now here's your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. Ooh. We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. Sydney, Grease 2's leading man is a handsome, blue-eyed Englishman who learned to ride a motorcycle, turning himself into a cool rider to impress the leading lady. For up to three points, who is Grease 2's top-billed actor, what is his character's name, and what is the name of the bowling alley where he first showed up as a mysterious biker? I believe it's Maxwell Caulfield. Okay. His name is Michael Carrington. All right. Michael Carrington. And... (laughs) The bowling alley. Yes. Mm, I'm not going to get the bowling alley. Would you like to uh, name them? Would you like to mention the name of one of your colleagues then? Mm, uh, <laughs> we'll call it the strike zone. Yes. The strike zone. Ooh, that's a great name for a bowling alley. I would have gone with. It's Curtis. a local bowling alley. Yeah, it's a bowling alley here in Huntington. Uh, all right, Helen is taking note of your answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight is an actor and singer whose dozens of credits on Broadway, on TV, and in film include Chicago, Dynasty, Empire Records, and the leading man in Greece, too. It's Maxwell Caulfield. Maxwell Caulfield. 
There he is! Oh my hey. god! Hello to the good doctor. Dr. Sydney is freaking out. Sydney oh is freaking god. out! She's tearing up! Oh my god! Are you crying? She's I've been crying. thinking up about contact solution relative to... Uh, oh my god! Very well. Wow. Anyway, she sweet. is silently freaking out. I am! Sydney, can you tell us a little bit of what's going on with you? I don't, I, I'm just taking deep breaths. Right. <laughs> it's a mystery to me too, which is a shame since I'm her husband. I've never uh, elicited this response. So <laughs> oh my gosh. This is amazing. Sure. <laughs> well, Sydney, I'll, I will talk with, uh, I will talk with Mr. Caulfield and feel free when you've composed yourself to, uh, to jump in. Maxwell, welcome so much. Thank it's you. so wonderful That's to have great. you here. Thanks for uh, focusing on our little feature. Appreciate oh my it. goodness, little feature! It's, it's it, you know, Justin was right. It really has become a, a cult classic in, in a very short period of time. Um, we'll talk about Grease two in just a moment, but uh, I want to mention I want to mention, of course, that you've been on Broadway. You were in a production of Chicago that I believe I saw. I was there during the window when you were performing as Billy Flynn, and were wonderful. Uh, and Inspector calls, um, and a bunch of stuff off Broadway and in the UK. Um, I want to ask you about this because when you were first starting on the stage in New York, you kind of got a bit of a reputation as a uh, someone who who did not mind not wearing a lot of clothes on stage. Uh, <laughs> Let me tell you, I did, yeah. not, I did not volunteer to strip down. The, no, the roles called for it. And in fact, Brad Davis, when he took over the role of uh, the title role in entertaining Mr. Sloan, the Joe Orton play, I, my character has to take his trousers off because I think something inadvertently gets spilt on them. I wore a shirt that, you know, took care of the uh, the crown jewels. Now, it wasn't, <laughs> unless maybe you're on the front row looking directly up, you, you were not going to see anything. Brad Davis elected to wear a shirt that ended at the navel. I mean, <laughs> so, so you want to talk about uh, exhibitionists. I have to say, looking at you now, you're still handsome as ever, and I would not have minded being in the front row of oh, any of those shows. Way too yeah. Thank you. Well, let's talk more about Greece too. Uh, first of all, just to go back, you actually have a weird connection with John Travolta from Greece from your time in London. I was at the London premiere of Saturday Night Fever. That's what it was. Okay. When nobody had heard of John Travolta at that point. Uh, Welcome Back Carter had not aired on British TV, but we were aware that it was a major sensation in the mm -hmm. States. And this is before they used to release films you know, internationally, simultaneously, they, you know, America would, would, would get, would, you know, would kick the door down and, and set fire to the film. And uh, John Travolta rocked up and I was working as a movie usher at a big cinema there called the Leicester Square Odeon. And there were Klieg lights and the white roses pulled up when the BG spilled out. And then Travolta <laughs> came out and the whole square went nuts in that sort of Beatlemania fashion. And, um, you know, the way only British, excitable British schoolgirls could get. And I was sort of there, stood amongst them all in my green monkey suit. <laughs> and I said, man, I got to get a piece of this. And it just shows you the power of positive thinking and, yeah. um, and, and the, you know, the impetuousness of youth. You know, there I was, but five years later, you know, appearing in the sequel to, to John Travolta's massively successful uh, film. And, and when I did the screen test for Greece too, another interesting little detail, I came from, I gave a, my understudy when I was doing Mr. Sloan, which had become a bit of a cause celebre in New York at the time, in the West Village. I came to, to Paramount to shoot the, a screen test 
I was part of a short list of guys, opposite, going opposite really genuine teen idols of the day, Sean Cassidy and Leif Garrett and uh, uh, Rick Springfield and some really amazing guys who were way more qualified to, to play the part. But I had this sort of impetus coming from New York. And I, as I put on the jacket handed to me by the wardrobe department, I reached into the pocket of the, the, leather, the leather jacket and I had to sing, I'm all alone at the drive-in movie, which is a, you know, one of the great numbers from Greece. Mm-hmm. And I found in, my, in, my, in the pocket uh, a pack of Lucky Strike cigarettes. <gasps> and in it was a little mash note that uh, I think Olivia had written to JT. And what? Wow. One, one or the other, but it was kind of like a little, just a, like a little keepsake love note. And I suddenly realized I was wearing John Travolta's jacket. What? Oh, wow. So um, the, the fix was in. What kind of <laughs> Wow. Grease 2 has such an impressive cast. And you just look through the, the, the cast list and all the things they had done. Who impressed you going into it or maybe from your experience of having done it? Well, my wife, Juliette Mills, Fabulous actress, another blonde beauty in her own right. She uh, she had appeared in a movie with Sid Caesar. So my only real knowledge of Sid Caesar it was called Barnaby and Me. So I had this sort of awareness of Sid Caesar, but I did not realize he was what are they? He wasn't he wasn't called Mister Television, but he was the king of American mm-hmm. television. Yeah. And then you know you look at Eve, and and obviously by the time we we made the film i i was up to speed as to who sid caesar was because his heyday obviously had been in the 50s sure but i mean as i say eve arden and dodie goodman uh, tab hunter connie stevens i'm sure i'm leaving somebody out here well i know lorna luft you were very impressed with as well you told me earlier well yeah of course i'm mean, certainly obviously her mom was a legend yeah and lorna was one of the great great singers in the in the film i gotta tell you and I asked her, I remember asking her how she got that voice. And she talked about how she used to scream into a pillow because she'd, she'd gone for a very different sound vocally from either her sister or her mother. And so she had this great gravelly rock voice. And the other really standout singer, other than all the chorus kids who did fabulous work in the, in, in the, in the show, was uh, Adrian Zmed. And when you were introducing me as the surprise guest, I'm going, oh, wait a minute, they've got Adrian to step in it because adrian is such a standout talent in his own right and and again what a, look at, i mean look how fantastic he looked in that movie and he yeah. was really subbing for travolta i mean he was playing you know um the follow-on character from uh, travolta's indelible uh, creation the film has endured it does have its own uh, does have as, as you're suggesting quite a cult following because it became a fav- favorite sleepover party f- movie mm-hmm. yeah and i see sydney nodding along and smiling yeah, yeah that was so, your experience. So, <laughs> sisters yes, would yes. indoctrinate their kid sisters and it just sort of went on and on like that and the score really does hold up uh, for there was a long time there where frankly i was you know, the, obviously it bombed famously at the box office, opening on the same day as E.T. hardly helped. Jeez, um, <laughs> uh, I didn't know that part. Yeah, yeah I would think but, so. But Paramount gave up on us far too quickly. Mm-hmm. And we opened on Memorial Day. Who opens a, a movie called Back to School Again on Memorial Day? You know, <laughs> I mean, there were some real sort of stumbles out of the game. Yeah, they weren't putting you in the best position for success. Yeah, but it's so yeah. great that video and, and I think especially cable TV is really where it started to develop its following. Uh, yeah, I, I and, I, and I started to, and I was kind of ashamed, not ashamed of it, but certainly humbled by mm-hmm. its, you know, particularly as I'd really stuck my neck out in the publicity department. As yeah. I said, I was really keen for it, the limelight. 
And so I really went down with the ship. But Michelle rose like a like a phoenix, and I, and I do encourage everyone to see her new film, uh, French Exit. She's so darn funny in that movie. Do you still get recognized for that movie? And I get, people... I get, yes, I'm known for that film. I don't get recognized a lot, hmm. um, you know, just because it's just the way it is. Contemporaries of mine might recognize me, but it's not like I'm walking down the street because they're looking for the, you know, the. Eighteen-year-old, right. uh, you know, dreamboat, and I put in birdie. <laughs> you mentioned that it's been appealing to different generations as the years have passed, and I saw an interview where you said that uh, you believe your daughter has seen it many more times than than you've seen yes. it. Yes, yes, and she always told me. Melissa always said to me, "It's a, it's a great movie, Dad. You really you really should watch it." And I did sit down with her one day and watched it, and, and I was suddenly really kind of knocked out by. Mm. Uh, how charming the film was and how funny it was. I mean, the guys, the T-Birds are just so doggone hilarious. And as I said, we have people like Eve Arden and Sid Caesar on hand. I mean, it's just, it's just fantastic. And then more recently, I saw it on a big screen up in San Francisco, part of uh, something called uh, SF Sketch Fest, which oh, is sure. a comedy festival. Yes. And I was uh, lucky enough to be asked to come up and be the guest of honor. And I saw it for the first time in a packed cinema with, you know, with zealous fans. And it, I got back up on the stage at the end of the screening and I felt like a rock star. I mean, yeah. the reception was just so amazing and uh, overwhelming. And uh, a wonderful character called Peaches, Christ, who was dolled up like Lorna Luft but does not, did not have her, her physique, uh, <laughs> this massive, crazy hairdo. He's a, a female impressionist, and he, uh, we'd conducted a very strange interview together. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so wonderful to, to hear that uh, something that maybe you weren't feeling so great about for a long time yeah. is something that you can yeah. now celebrate, and we're so grateful that you're doing that with us. Um, let's get to the reason we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the questions that we asked of Sydney. Uh, first, we wanted to know uh, who was Grease 2's top-billed actor. Helen, what did Sydney say? Sydney said Maxwell Caulfield. And was she correct? <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she was. That's a point for Sydney. Very nice. Next, we wanted to know what was the character's name in Greece 2. Helen, what did Sydney say? Sydney said Michael Carrington. And? Hello to Michael Carrington. Hello to Michael Carrington. <laughs> and then finally, this was a tricky one. We wanted to know what was the name of the bowling alley where that character first showed up as a mysterious biker. Helen, what did Sydney say? Sydney said the strike zone. And Mr. Caulfield? I thought that was an inspired idea because I had absolutely no, no, no notion of what it could be. But apparently it's Bolorama. 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 Yes, that was a tough one. So no point on that. But still, Sydney, you did quite well. Uh, Sydney, while we have our uh, expert, Mr. Caulfield, here, is there anything you'd like to ask or say to him? Oh, gosh. I just thank you so much <laughs> for... For, for Grease 2, um, I really can't tell you how much I love that movie and how many people I've shared it with and who love it too. And especially I have a sister who's 20, and so we, we have this big generational difference. But I shared it with her, and all of her friends in college now are on board and like, yes, Grease 2 is better than the original. We love Grease 2. And it's just thank you for uh, – gosh, I don't even know what to Tom, say. Tom, you're, you're, you're wonderful. Grease the word and spread the word. You do that for us, Dr. Sydney, thank you. 
Well, thank Excellent. You. Well, Maxwell, we're so happy that you joined us. Uh, I know things are a little weird right now with the pandemic. Is there anything that you're working on now that we can look forward to seeing in the future? I've, I've been, I mean, uh, jeepers, uh, I, you know, you pick up bits and pieces during this, this period. I, yeah. I can't be touting some, you know, some amazing new limited series airing on a, one of the major streaming services, but I've got a, I'm showing up in some rom-coms, usually of the dad of either a very handsome or a very beautiful girl. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's not too bad. <laughs> you must G- be doing something right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but there's a couple of those in the, in the can and uh, they'll, they'll, they'll dribble out at some point in the future. Yeah, no, hope springs eternal in this racket. And as I said, you're like duty bound to try to maintain an image. So, uh, I certainly hope I, I get a, another another bite of the apple. Or oh uh, well, uh, it's a it's a it's a really it's a, it's a tough road to hoe. It is, but looking looking yeah, I was looking at your IMDb and just seeing all of the different shows and movies that you've done. It's been it's yeah. been such a spectacular career, and then as Thank well you. to be able to have the accomplishments you had on stage. Uh, I, I think any actor would be would be thrilled to to have well, experienced what you've done. Thank you. Well, experience. the musical theater is is my bread and butter these yeah. days. But as you know, it's been absolutely hammered by yeah, the of course, and it'll be a long time before they can afford to send big, big companies out there with the orchestras and what have you, you know, and only playing to 50% houses and right. it just doesn't, doesn't cut the mustard. So, yes. uh, so here's to it, here's to us getting on the other side of this nightmare and, and everybody being, maintaining a certain level of, of, of patience. I hope that's a, message is reaching the good people of uh, the Lone Star State loud and clear. <laughs> <laughs> among, among others. Well, you're joining us has Amen. helped make uh, our difficult year much more tolerable and very John. pleasant. We're certainly happy that you joined us. Mr. Maxwell Caulfield, everybody. Thank you. All right. Helen, what is our score at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Sydney McElroy has six points and Justin McElroy has zero points with a round of questions for Justin coming up. That's right. We're going to talk to Justin about a topic he knows about. Plus later, Sydney and Justin will go head to head in our Fast Facts round. That's all up ahead. But first, Helen, let's talk more about the Max Fun Drive. Because if you want to hear even more great stories from the very handsome Maxwell Caulfield, stuff that we didn't have time to include in this week's episode, you can hear it on our bonus show for as little as $5 a month. So much bonus content awaits you when you become a member at MaximumFun.org slash join. Maxwell Caulfield, dreamy. So dreamy and so charming and so lovely and has amazing stories from his many, many years in show business. You can hear a lot of that extra content at MaximumFun.org slash join. With that sweet, sweet bonus content. In addition to Maxwell Caulfield, our bonus content this year features folks like Joe Montano, Nana Visitor, experts and guests who we've had on the show where we just didn't have enough time to include everything. Well, now you can hear the stuff that didn't make it to the show. Now, of course, every year for the Max Fun Drive, you can get great stuff by upgrading to certain levels. You got your mugs and uh, different things like that. Which are great. I'm not downplaying mugs. I'm very pro-mug, Don't, Helen. don't hate on the clear. mugs, Jake. Oh, I'm going to get canceled over the mugs again. <laughs> uh, but this year, there are some unique gifts uh, network-wide on Maximum Fun. If you go to the $20 a month level, you have a very nice little tea kit that I, I believe includes a tin of tea. Helen, are you familiar with this? Ooh, it's tea-licious, Jake. It's a custom-printed tea tin that is a tin for your tea with art by Atomic Pixies, and an ounce of custom blended interstellar orange tea by Wishes Tea. So the tea you can put in a rocket-shaped tea infuser. I mean, come on. 
my goodness, what a tea kit that is. Uh, we also have some incentives just for people who support Go Fact Yourself. So make sure when you go to MaximumFun.org slash join that you check Go Fact Yourself as a show that you listen to. Everyone who contributes, if you let us know on social media, we will reply with your choice of a unique, just chosen for you photo of either my cat Cookie, my dog Dodger, or my cat Muffin, and possibly with Helen's sister's permission, a picture of her new baby. Also, I'm happy to announce that we're paying it forward, as the kids used to say in the 90s. Because for every new and upgrading member, I will donate 50 cents to one of my favorite charities, the Hollywood Food Coalition. 50 cents may not sound a lot, but you know what? If we'd done that last year... I would have given over $400 to this wonderful cause. They help to feed the hungry and the unhoused population of Los Angeles. They give a fresh hot meal out every single night of the year. It's a great cause. I volunteered with them before, and uh, I'm happy to do that on behalf of our listeners. I would not normally promote Jay Keith going broke, but in this case, (laughs) if you guys give enough money and force him to give a ton of money to the Hollywood Food Coalition, I would not mind that. Well, you're not going to mind this even more, because for every new and upgrading member that surpasses our total last year, I'm going to up that to $1. per member to the Hollywood Food Coalition. Okay. I'm not very good with money. I maybe should have thought this through. (laughs) But Helen, as much as it feels good to help other people, I bet it feels pretty good to possibly help yourself. And we're going to allow our listeners to do that with our first ever stretch goal. Stretch it out. Stretch it out. Because for the first time ever, we're going to try this out. If we pass 1,000 new and upgrading members who support Go Fact Yourself, we will hold a random drawing of all of our supporting members and choose two people to be guests on a special mini episode of Go Fact Yourself. So exciting. If you have ever thought to yourself, man, I wish I was a guest on this show so that they could pick one of my three obsessive hobby topics, well, here's your chance. All you need to do is join and get 999 friends of yours also (laughs) to join. That's right. Again, if we pass 1,000 new and upgrading members who support Go Fact Yourself, two of you will be chosen at random to become guests on Go Fact Yourself. All of that can be unlocked simply by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. That's, what is it, Helen? MaximumFun.org slash join. And now, back to Go Fact Yourself. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself with our guests, Sydney McElroy and Justin McElroy. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. All right, Justin, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about woodworking, the show Sleep No More, and the band They Might Be Giants. Let's find out more about those. Tell us, why did you choose woodworking as one of your topics of expertise? So I picked up several hobbies during the quarantine time, and uh, like a lot of people, because I can't go out and do anything. It started with a flower box that Sydney wanted because she got into gardening around the same time, spring of last year. I realized I didn't own any saws, didn't know where to get wood. So I, I went and bought a circular saw and I was I cut the wood and I made it and I thought, I feel like a real adult. Look at me. I built this out of four pieces of wood. Fantastic. No one's ever done this so before. I, yeah, look at this. Behold. I, I would call people over to behold. Um no one was ever as impressed as I wanted them to be. But, it's hard uh, to get a good building I, these I, days. So much of what I make uh, is intangible. I mean, it's like not – you can't feel mm. it and touch it. Yeah. I love the idea of making something that you could like hold in your hands. I got really deep 
really fast. And so what's been your latest project? You started at a flower box. What have you graduated to? Let's see. Since then, I have made a kitchen table, two stools for that table, uh, a, a curio box, a bench for outside, wow. mm-hmm. uh, several board games. Wow. Bunk beds. The bunk beds. Whoa. Yeah, the bunk beds I made. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a writing desk for Sydney right now. I've actually made two desks for both of our kids. You actually made those microphones um, you're speaking into now as well. Huh? I fashioned these <laughs> wow. caddy 100s. Um, that's very impressive. You really yeah, do dive deep once you, once you get in the pool. Yeah, it got a little out of hand pretty quickly. <laughs> All right. but, uh, bunk beds is advanced. Yeah. Bunk beds was a lot. Bunk, bunk beds is putting your child's safety in your hands. Like you, you got to be, you yeah. got to be sure that you got that, you got that uh, keeping together. Here's the worst thing about the bunk beds. Okay, we made the bunk beds, and immediately the kids attempted to kill themselves on the bunk bed. I mean, it was instant, right? We have a three-year-old and a six-year-old immediately trying to die on the bunk beds, and so I ended up. I took the stairs off the bunk beds, so there's just a platform there. And then the kids immediately started finding ways to scale the platform <laughs> and it became even more perilous. I put a lot of like um, grit, you know, like treads yeah. on the stairs, a bunch of glow tape to, mm-hmm. to clearly label. Um, and that seems, to just hope for the best. that seems to have done the job or not. So far. So They're far, resilient. So yeah, they'll bounce back. All right, Justin, you also yeah. said you know a lot about the show Sleep No More. I have been to see Sleep No More. I don't live in New York, but for a while there, almost every time I went up to New York, I would... Uh, Try to see Sleep No More. And for those who don't know, this is not just a regular show that you go and see. Tell people what makes Sleep No More so special. It is an immersive show where it is in five floors of a warehouse that they've restyled as like a hotel. And the show is happening uh, throughout the hotel where you can kind of follow the show. You interact with different pieces of like props in the environment and stuff and characters you find and can sort of follow and see how their stories play out. And I just, I love that aspect. Oh, and also everybody wears masks, which kind of like, it feels like if you're going to bring a show back, after yeah, COVID, this is the one, one right? Everybody's already <laughs> in the I saw the show. I recall people wore the masks over their, the top of their face, not the bottom. We would of have their to, face, re- but, you're right, Jakey. Yeah. There would have to be a restyling of the, yeah. <laughs> of the masks. But uh, no, I loved it. I was, I was obsessed with it. I really hope it comes, uh, it's able to come back after, after all this madness has passed. Here, here. All right. And then finally, Justin, you said you know a lot about They Might Be Giants. Yes, they might be giants. Has been was the band that taught me that I liked music uh, <laughs> for a long time as a teenager. I didn't think I was I was I was into music. Like the first CDs I bought in order were the you remember the Heights, the fake TV band that did How do you, How talk, do you to talk, an talk to an Angel? To an angel? <laughs> Jakey, my man. Yes, uh, the Heights was my first CD, followed by a CD with all the songs from Disney World, followed by the single of All for Love and All for One. Uh, by uh, Brian Adams and friends. Wow. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Everything I do, I do it for you from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. That is what the CD was, now that yeah. I remember it. But sorry, I got my Brian Adams. You know what? You, right. you needed They Might Be Giants. Like, they literally I yeah. saved. <laughs> this was the band where I was taste. like, wait a minute, I get it. Uh, yeah. I actually like this. So what do you think about They Might Be Giants music appealed to you so much? It's so foundational that it's actually hard to separate. There is a humanism to a lot of the work they do, um, there is a, a, a sense of bringing the abstract into uh, more traditional pop structures that I adore. They also, like, informed every part of my, like, the way my brain works. Like, I feel like I was very much an, an unformed person before I encountered There Might Be Giants. And immediately, just like woodworking, immediately became obsessed, started, like, buying every CD I could find. I started listening right around the time that factory showroom was released so i had to work backwards from there I've, and i've <laughs> seen it since then 
have been to several live shows. Got a uh, my my tattoo uh, here is the They Might Be Giants tattoo. Wow. Oh, David, there's no w- cool way to do this. Okay, there we go. <laughs> yes, you're showing it up there. Yeah, wow, it's, okay. Um, oh my gosh, you're a real fan. You have etched them on your body. Yeah. yeah. All right. It went deep. Well, Justin, to summarize of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about woodworking, the show Sleep No More, and the band They Might Be Giants. Today we want to quiz you about they might be giants. Oh, thank God. It's the only one I actually know anything about. <laughs> Holy crap. Bullet dodge. You, I, I could just hear you be like, so, mortis and tendons. What yes. do you think? I'm like, I actually hard pass. I actually lied. I don't know anything. I'm sorry. Messed up. Oh, that's great. Do you have a favorite album or favorite song? One that stuck with you or meant a lot to you over the years? Let's see. My favorite song is probably um, Thunderbird. Okay. Uh, with a favorite album is probably... I like them all so much. Probably yeah, factors. like asking you to choose your favorite child. I really like Factory Showroom has like so many good, uh, so many good songs on it. But I've really okay. enjoyed, and they're one of those one of these bands that has been going for so long yet like so fresh mm. and vibrant. And every release, so like you keep current doing. with their new releases as well. Yes, oh, awesome. uh, absolutely. They're a very prolific band. It is hard yeah. to keep track of everything. <laughs> All right, well, let's see how you do with the quiz part. Uh, just ahead, okay. we are going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in your topic to test your mastery okay. in the subject with an expert-level question worth up to three points. Before that, to let you show your love, Justin, here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed a hint for any two of these five questions. Now, Sydney, do listen closely because if Justin answers incorrectly, you can steal. Sydney, by the way, how much do you know about They Might Be Giants? Not nearly as much as Justin. <laughs> your, your tattoo is slightly smaller? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. All right, Justin, here we go. Question number one. The band takes its name from a 1971 movie, which takes its name from a 1961 play, which takes its name from a line from a book published in Spain in the early 1600s. What is this seminal work of literature where the main character thinks that windmills look like giants? It's Don Quixote. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. You're on the board with a point. You did not need the hint in that first question, but Helen, if he had needed the hint, what would that hint have been? It rhymes with blonde blee bloaty. fantastic it's a shame you didn't need that hint Uh, it's actually their second name yes their first name was El Grupo de Rock and Roll because they were performing at a uh, San Anistas rally where a lot of the uh, audience spoke Spanish so Uh, first performed as El Grupo de Rock and Roll El Grupo de Rock and Roll Uh, well a bonus fun fact then the play and movie reference in that question are about a man who thinks he is Sherlock Holmes here is question number two Two of TMBG's most popular songs might have become popular thanks in part to their placement on the animated TV show Tiny Toon Adventures. One of the songs featured has a title about a particular male. Another is the name of a large Eurasian city. Name either of these songs. There's Particle Man in Istanbul, not Constantinople. You named both of them, Helen. That is correct. And you got them right. Very good for a point. Fun fact, Istanbul, not Constantinople, is a cover of a song first recorded in 1953 by the Canadian group The Four Lads, which is exactly what I would expect a Canadian group in the 1950s to be called. (laughs) The Four Lads, or The Four Lads, eh? All right, Justin, here's question number three. Speaking of animated TV shows, the band contributed a song to a Broadway musical based on one, which led to them being nominated for a Tony Award. What was this musical? Oh, oh, um, uh, SpongeBob the Musical, obviously. Yeah, SpongeBob SquarePants the Musical. Helen, it's so obvious, is that right? That is correct. That's correct. It is called SpongeBob the Musical. You did not need the hint in this, but Helen, what would that hint have been? The main character wears bottoms that are shaped like a quadrilateral. 
<laughs> yes, I would have gone. I would have gone with SpongeBob Rhombus, but that's just me. Fun fact: that the band's fellow nominees for SpongeBob included John Legend, Cindy Lauper, and Jonathan Colton. Jonathan Colton, by the way, was a guest on episode fifty-nine of Go Fact Yourself. All right, Justin, you're three for three. You still have two hints available. Here's question number four. Speaking of awards, TMBG won a 2008 Grammy Award for Best Musical Album for Children and received a nomination in the same category for 2010. There are actually three albums in this series, and two of them start with the words, Here Come The. What are the words that end these titles? Here come the ABCs and here come the 123s. Helen? That is correct. You are four for four. Uh, fun fact, Here Come the 123s won the Grammy. Here Comes Science was nominated. By the way, they also won a Grammy Award for their theme to TV's Malcolm in the Middle called Boss of Me. All right, Justin. You they were robbed for not getting it for uh, Hot Dog and the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse theme song, both of which whip. They're, okay. they're fantastic. Again, we're giving you two fun facts for each question. Because I'm sorry. We have Justin McElroy. No, I love I'm going to keep it's my great. mouth shut. No, 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 no. This is a show about celebrating people's love of things. So we want, okay. you to, we want you to geek out completely. Justin, you have a chance to go five for five if you can answer this question correctly. Speaking of one, two, threes, Dial-A-Song is a service offered by the band where anyone can call a number and an answering machine will pick up and play back a song in the place of an outgoing message. Following the area code, what are either the first three or last four digits of the Dial-A-Song phone number? 3876962. Helen? Whoa, that is correct. Wow, that is correct. <laughs> Justin McElroy is five for five. Yay! I... It, was, uh, it helps you remember. I used to call it five times a day when I was a kid, but also it helps you remember because in uh, Swing is a Word, there is a line where they sing because they were trying to get the word out. Three, eight, seven, six, nine, six, two, dog. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. my fun fact was going to be that it used to be a 718 area code. It's now a toll-free number, 844-387-6962. The service is also available on a website and an app. Well, Justin, you obviously did very well in that round, but now here's your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. Justin, in April of 2020, with the pandemic causing tour date cancellations, They Might Be Giants released a download-only compilation album. Describing the project, one of the band's founders said, quote, All proceeds will be an even 11-way split to the dedicated people John and I have relied on the most, our band and crew, end quote. For up to three points, name one of the 11 people in the band and crew to whom that benefit was dedicated. What was the name of that album? And who was the John being referred to in that statement? I mean, from the the first part, uh, it could be Danny Wyckoff for Marty Beller or um, other. Uh, so there's two. Is that how many do I need? You only needed one. Which, which okay. one do you want to go with? I don't know. I like I uh, I like Marty Beller okay. a lot, so I'll Great. go with Marty so that's, Beller. That's one of the eleven. Okay, and then we're looking for the name of that album and the John referred to in that quote. I mean, I feel like uh, especially like mailing lists and and press releases stuff like that. I feel like a lot of the quotes are usually from from John Flansburg, so I would say he's probably referring to John Linnell. Okay, and Linnell. this is what's so infuriating is I'm now currently spacing on the name of the album. Mm. Uh, something about like re events when, 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 oh man, I'm, I'm furious. That's right. I've broken my perfect, my perfect streak, but, um, take a deep breath, take a few seconds. I'm going to say my murdered remains and I know that's not correct, but I'm going to say that. 
You are going to say that. Okay. That's what have, I'm going to say. You have given your answers. Helen is taking note of your answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight is a founder of Brooklyn's alternative rock legends. They might be giants. It's John Linnell. John Linnell, are you there, Oh, sir? my God. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi, Mr. Linnell. Hi. Wow. What a thrill. Hi, Justin. Holy crap. Good to see you. Welcome, John Linnell. Yay. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Nice to be here. Well, Justin, if you would like to conduct this interview, you clearly know a lot more about <laughs> they might be giants than maybe even John you, Linnell does. In fact, I have some questions for yes. you, Justin. Yeah, please. Um, I, I, there are things I, I don't remember about my life. Where are your keys? To... Okay, so if you head upstairs. Exactly, yeah, um... yeah. Well, I'm wondering if you and Justin have, have crossed paths before because you seem to have a lot of mutual friends and interests. Kind of. We, we, uh, we both uh, were, were participated in a, in a cruise back when there used to be cruises. Sure. That was Colton Joko uh, cruise. That was the yeah. Joko Cruise. I don't know if we. I guess we didn't really. Did we speak to? I one don't another? believe I so. No, no. That I was think, a I wild. I, that was a wild few. Uh, uh, Twelve. Yeah, hours. it was kind of like that. The end of an era because you know obviously cruises sure. have come to a grinding halt. And I wasn't actually on the cruise. I just performed uh, at the end of it uh, in in Puerto Rico for the the people on the boat. They came off and we did a crazy show. Um, it was wild. Actually, I got I stormed we, out. So they had all the gear had to be loaded back on the boat, but they were going to leave at a certain time. And of course, uh, Mr. Linnell did not wish to be on the boat, of which he <laughs> was not a passenger. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No. In fact, I, I think I wasn't allowed to be on the boat, so we had to be we had to be hustled off. Yeah. Immediately after playing a set, you know, it was, it was sheeting down rain outside, and uh, it was mayhem. But now it seems like this glorious, uh, nostalgic wow. Yeah. Yeah. There are no more cruises. Don, I have to say it was funny. We were going to introduce you as the Grammy-winning rock stars, and, and you mentioned a lot of your credits. And when we sent that uh, to your manager for approval, he said, no, nah, I think that they would just prefer to be introduced as Brooklyn's alternative rock legends, uh, <laughs> which I found very yeah, endearing. Yeah, I don't think we recognize ourselves in that kind yeah, of Yeah, well, I was going to wonder, do, do you uh, still see yourself as, as a Brooklyn alt-rock band? Look at my basement. Uh, I just oh, oh, oh we're we're you guys are on a Zoom That's call, right. you can but just, this we can is describe not, it for a listener. This Listen. is my uh, this is my humble little basement here. For company, I have uh, my two two Pez presidents. <laughs> I'd like to introduce you to President Richard Nixon and President Rutherford Hayes. <laughs> is this a basement in Brooklyn, John? This is in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to stalk me, you. Just look in basement windows until you see the Pez. Have, have, <laughs> have you been in the same away. Brooklyn basement for years and years? Uh, for, I'd say, about 15 oh, years. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you and John Flansburg are from Massachusetts. Uh, how did you connect with Brooklyn so much? Well, we both moved here. Uh, he came here to go to art school, and I came here because my band was moving here uh, in 19... 19- Oh God, 1981. Oh, I guess uh, uh, I was I was four years old at that time. <laughs> and uh, that checks out. I'm doing the math now. I can't believe that you, as a band, have been together for so many years, and it's just the yeah, it's, two of it, you. Like, is it like a marriage? Like, do you go ups and downs? Like, how do you work out your problems? Like, what? Well, you know, we like our jobs. Mm. We, you know, imagine the alternatives, and we and we think, well, this is probably better than <laughs> whatever else we could be doing right now. Yeah. And uh, you actually didn't work with a backing band for several years. It would just be the two of you and a, a drum machine. Uh, yes, uh, yes. W- w- As Justin is probably aware, um, we, we, for 10 years, we, we had a, a tape recorder. 
behind mm-hmm. us. So it was it seemed like this radical late stage thing when we when we started hiring musicians that was uh, a long time ago. How did that change the vibe <laughs> of your shows? A lot of people didn't like it. A lot a lot of people uh, were, were very very resistant. Interesting. Uh, you think it's more entertainment, more live music than the more the Well, better. it's it's sort of more normal, I yeah. guess. That that was maybe why some people who were who were sort of cult members of uh, <laughs> they might be giants early on they, you know, felt like we were selling out mm. probably. <laughs> um, it's so terrifying to go stand up on stage without a band. So that's, you know, that was a great, that probably, in, you know, added to our longevity really yeah. in a way because it made the job more fun. Yeah. Well, you've got this, this great hardcore fan base. I understand there are uh, even men who get tattoos of your band uh, on their arms. I've, I've heard. Losers, yeah. we call them. No, how dare you, sir? How dare you? Uh, how, how do you... How do you guys view the relationship with your fans? You know, we always think of this, there's a gradient starting in the front, very front row mm-hmm. and moving all the way to the back. And the front row are the people who typically have tattoos and stuff. And then, and then you know, as it moves to the middle, it's like people who know most of the material they were playing probably and, you know, have been to more than one show. And then in the back, it's the people who are, you know, dragged there by their boyfriend or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And... We're trying to reach out to everybody. Oh. You know, we're trying to we're trying to to speak to everybody in the crowd. So we try and do a show that that includes the entire gradient. Oh, that's really lovely. Justin mentioned some of the other kids programs that you've done music for. Mickey Mouse Club, I think he mentioned some Disney things. Power Rangers has had a song of yours. Um, wh- why do you think that uh, you've been able to do so much with kids? And is that something that was a conscious choice to try to reach out to that audience? We sort of backed into it by accident. We we, we spent, you know, our, our, our first album cover looks kind of like a kid's record. Mm. And we were very upset that anybody thought we might be anything other than <laughs> Total integrity, indie rock, yeah. <laughs> only for the people in the know. Mm-hmm. And then gradually realize, like, oh, you know, we could we could get other people interested in this. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't have to be just for the art students who who came and saw our first show. And we we actually got a a, a very generous uh, offer from Rounder Records. They said, why don't you do a kids record? Here's some money. We we didn't take it at all seriously as a project, so that in a way was why it was so fun and mm. interesting. Was we were really goofing around when we made our first kids record. I think that's the thing that maybe worked. Yeah. About it, I saw an interview that you said that helped you realize that kids listen to music differently. Absolutely, kids kids listen to music uh, with a less of a rock critic, you know, attitude. <laughs> I would hope so. And that's a, it's kind of a privilege mm. to 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 uh, be able to do music for those people yeah you're kind of introducing yeah, them to different genres and different ways of, of communicating absolutely as well. yeah really yeah cool. yeah no once we but it was we'd already started doing it when when that occurred to us oh We're great like, oh this is actually a really fun way to work yeah that's really cool as an artist you get you still get to learn more about about how to do your craft i feel like yes. some uh, of your absolutely. i feel like some of your regular music is like totally playable for kids anyway well that that's the other thing i think a lot of parents were already playing songs for their kids that we maybe would have thought well this is uh you know it's not marilyn manson so <laughs> well justin and sydney have you have you introduced they might be giants to your kids oh yeah they 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 love our obsessed charlie's favorite song is birdhouse in your soul like it it is uh and we've Aww. listened to all of the justin awesome. got both of our girls little um blue bird nightlights 
because of that. Yeah. And you're going to get them tattooed. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, they, no, they've been tattooed, but it, oh, when you get okay. them young enough, it doesn't hurt we, as bad. We actually yeah, also snuck my sister oh my God, yeah. into one of your shows. There's the first show she saw because it was for 14 and over. She's thir- she, was she was 13 at the time, but she was uh, very, very nervous about so we we had her practicing. So when she got to the security guard, she loudly announced, "I'm 14." <laughs> That's awesome. She didn't need a fake ID or anything. Exactly. That's how you would use a fake ID as a 13 year old to get into. They might be giant show. That's great. Yeah, Helen, you wanted to say something. Oh, I have a baby on the way, so I feel like I'm already going to be indoctrinating. Oh, baby congratulations! In, in utero, yeah. they might be giant. Yeah. Because I mean, I mean, like a lot of your songs are just educational. Like he will know that Istanbul. It's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Like. Yeah, yeah. No, some you know some of them are, and some of them are are, are misinformative. I think uh, so. You, 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 it's up to you to clarify which yeah. is which. Well, and uh, you guys have clarified some. Uh, one of the like big kid hits, which I think actually predated all the kid records, was uh, "Why Does the Sunshine the Sun Is a Massive Incandescent Gas," which was a, a, a an EP, I believe, with had like what else is on that? Like "Spy" and mm-hmm. a, a few other songs, but. Yeah. Um, they then updated. <laughs> with, I I don't know that this has ever been done before, but a sequel to that song, "The Sun Is a Miasma of Incandescent Plasma," which is updating the research and our understanding of the sun. Yeah. So yeah. forget wow. what we said before. The, the, there's there, it's come a long way uh, since then. We have a better understanding of the sun. So here's a new song about it. We were it. asked to do a science record, and so we had to. We realized like, oh, oh yeah, we have to set the record straight on this. <laughs> well, on this I, I like song, how, which is very popular. I like how your music uses the scientific method. When you have new evidence, you reach new conclusions. Right, you update. Exactly. Peer-reviewed yeah, children's yeah, music. It's something we all could do. I strongly approve of that. Yeah. We mentioned SpongeBob the Musical, and that had been on Broadway and got you guys a Tony nomination. Is there more Broadway in your future, possibly? If there's any more Broadway well, in any future. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe that there will uh, be. We haven't fielded any any offers, but um, that was that was a great gig. Yeah, uh, actually, Jonathan Colton was the sort of supervisor. That made it very easy. We just gave them the demo, and they were like, "Great, you're done." Oh wow! And <laughs> that's a nice gig. Yeah, it like was the... really sweet. Let's talk about your new project. Uh, it's an album, and it's not just an album. It's a whole multimedia extravaganza. Tell us about this new project coming out in the fall <laughs> called Book. Yes, it's this new technology which is. Um, Printed pages. Oh, <laughs> it's so it's a, like a be- really very beautiful twelve inch by twelve inch hardcover book of photographs. It's Brian Carlson's photographs. Really wonderful, designed by Paul Sare and with a record and with lyrics by They Might Be Giants. Uh, and it's a terrific uh, actual physical object. Uh, no, no NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> this is fungible. This is a fungible object. It is yeah. highly fungible. Highly fungible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Almost too you fungible. Can, yeah. The critics you can, have said. you can funge the hell out of this. Yeah. And I understand you actually were you actually were just about to record when the when the pandemic hit. So this is something that would have come out sooner. We started it before the pandemic. In fact, we yeah we were recording right up until pandemic, and then and then we basically had a, a, a set of sessions to finish it up where. We had to get our noses swabbed, mm. and you know every every session we had to come in, and everybody had to get COVID tested, and it was crazy. But we did we did finish it and mixed it, and it's done. Excellent. How has the pandemic been for you? Have you found it to be a creative time, or well, you know, normally we do we do creative work, and then this is just 
a pretty stinky time uh, for for everybody, right? I mean, wow, hot like, take from John Linnell. Yeah, <laughs> thumbs down. Yeah, thumbs thumbs down on the on the COVID. I would say, <laughs> I was in this basement room I'm sitting in right now for a lot of this uh, a lot of this lockdown, and and I um, I've done a four song solo project as well as having you know we finished off our our book project and this was uh the level of ambition i guess probably that i wouldn't have if we'd been mm. doing what we were supposed to be doing last year which was touring i started studying latin <gasps> on the duolingo mm-hmm. website because they offer a very very short very easy latin course uh, that that at the end of which you don't know any Latin, but you kind of <laughs> well, that's you, that's quite a business you, model. But it is you, but it yeah. is later in the day. So. It's, it's later in the day. You spent you spent as they say, another, tempus fugit. Exactly. Thank thank you. I don't know what you just said, yeah. but thank you. Um, I've done uh, four songs that are in Latin. Whoa, uh, and, really? And, uh, and I uh, I actually got a friend of mine to do the translations because. My Latin just wasn't. Yeah. Wasn't wow. up well, the hardest part is the accent. Uh, that was the that was the challenging part, and he he helped me with that as well. <laughs> this was actually a childhood friend of John Flansburg's, who, as you can imagine, is an old person like us now, uh, but he's been teaching Latin for for uh, his entire adult wow. life, and he very generously uh, translated all my lyrics for me, and then gave me a pronunciation guide. So there's an EP called Roman Songs that, that will be out one of these days. Very cool. uh, that's another thing I worked on this, this year. Wow. Well, speaking of projects uh, during the pandemic, let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game mm-hmm. is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Justin. We wanted to know about the download-only compilation that They Might Be Giants released. Uh, first, we wanted to know one of the 11 people in the band and crew that the benefit of that album was dedicated to. Helen, what did Justin say? Justin said Marty. Beller and uh, John Linnell. That is correct. Marty is Beller correct was one of one of the beneficiaries of the uh, of the album. And who were uh, who were the others? Six people of our crew: Anna Bartenstein, uh, Saul Slazus, Scott Bozak, our tour manager and front of house mixer, John Carter, who's been with us forever and is on stage with us mixing monitors, John Burnett, Jeff Peterson, known as Fresh. Phil Frandina, who works in the office, uh, and then, of course, all the band members, Dan Miller, Marty Beller, Kurt Ram, Danny Weinkoff. Uh, those are the 11 beneficiaries. Excellent. Of the, uh, and I understand that the, that the benefit has, uh, has come through already. It kicked ass. It was, it was really good. And those guys were super, super grateful. So uh, that was great. That, that was really nice. Excellent. And a point there for Justin. All right. Next, we wanted to know what was the name of that Benefit album. Helen, what did Justin say? Justin said, My Murdered Remains. Right. And John Linnell? I think Justin was aware that that was not the name of this album, although it is the name yeah, of the, I know. Another, another project that we've done. But the, and, and in fact, when you were asking it, I was like, yeah, what the hell was that called? Because I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> okay, remember good. either. All right, you know what? I feel better. I want to sleep soundly tonight. Uh, it's called Modern. Mm. Yeah. And uh, what is the meaning of modern as the title for that? The songs are modern. Okay. They're, mo- they're modern. <laughs> It's it does what it says on the tin. Yes. Uh, all right, uh, no point there. Sorry, Justin. But finally, we wanted to know uh, which John was being referred to in the band's statement about the uh, album. And Helen, what did Justin say? Justin said John Linnell. And 
I'm going to assume that that's correct. But of course, <laughs> we can never know what John Flansburg is thinking. We'd have yes. to have a mind-reading radio to know, uh, <laughs> which we don't. Um, but I think he, I think he meant me. Yeah, John. Okay, Linnell. you're very generously giving Justin the point. Very, very nice. Yeah, uh, John. Before we let you go, Justin, is there anything else that you'd like to ask or say to our expert, John Linnell, while we have him here? I feel like the fact that you didn't make more state songs during the quarantine means that that will never happen. Is that a fair assumption, I, you know or what? you just I, kind of I, fo- I follow? I want to say like I don't say never say never. You know, I just I want to do something that's exciting to me and i i sort of wandered off the state songs project does it irritate you to get get, to get like somewhat into it and then just like oh well maybe i'll want to return to it or is it just fun to have something like that in your back pocket i think it's i know i think it's good to have the potential to do it and i absolutely am not saying i'll never do more of those but i just have to find my way back to it um by the way justin i I just want to tell you that I know about your podcast because my son is like a crazy McElroy fan. Uh, oh my gosh! And this is the the situation is he he cooks dinner for us uh, a couple nights a week, and he listens to my brother, my brother and me. Re- oh my re- gosh! That's so flattering. Yeah. So that wow. so that's how and and then he, at some point he he clocked that you were a they might be Giants fan and and let me know. So um, <laughs> so this is how I, I became aware uh, of you guys. Oh, that's um, so cool. Wow, that, that, yeah, that, that yeah. means so much and to I me. And I think he, he actually, he was on the cruise, the Joko cruise. He actually took my cabin on the cruise. Mm. Uh-huh. Um, so I think he had a chance to, uh, to meet you guys at some point, but I doubt that he identified himself as my son so i so so he he, came, he saw you guys on stage during that cruise and and uh and i think came up and and uh i was there was a question and answer thing or something like that and he oh sure came yeah up and uh, talked about a hawk that was in our backyard i don't know why you'd remember that but oh was, my god that, <laughs> I remember that was that. that was my boy oh oh fantastic well, how about that well, the next time we're in new york we love he should come Come, come out. That'd Absolutely, yes, yes. He's, we did a show at your beautiful King's Theater there in Brooklyn uh, last time we yeah, were yeah. up that neck of the woods. That's well, how about place. that? John's kid listens to uh, Justin, and Justin's kid listens to John. It's the, <laughs> it's the circle of circle kids. Circle of life. Yep. Indeed. Well, uh, John, we're so happy that you found your way to us tonight. We appreciate it so much. If people want to find out more about you and They Might Be Giants, where can they go? They can they can go to DepecheMode.com. <laughs> really? Um, <laughs> No, they, slash wow. TMBG. <laughs> I, I didn't realize you were part of the Depecheverse. <laughs> they got bought out in 2018. It's very sad. Okay. No, we do it. We do it. We have a TMBG.com. They might be giants.com. And there's all sorts of other stuff, including this amazing site called the TMBG Wiki, which, if you ever have any trivia questions, and I have loads. I actually personally go and consult the wiki because I can't remember what I did, you know. Oh, and it's all accurate? Ago. It's all accurate it's, as far well, as Well, it's know. mostly accurate. It's yeah. incredibly informative. It is. It uh, was so. very helpful for putting our quiz together. So I'll, we're certainly grateful yeah, yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah. Yes. And we're yeah. so grateful that you joined us. Thank you so much, John Linnell. Great talking to you guys. Great t- talking to you, Justin. See you later. Thank you oh, for absolutely. your music. It's such a thrill. It's so fun. Oh, yeah, thank you yeah. so much. Thank you for thanking me. <laughs> All right, Helen, what is our score at the end of that round? Ooh, it's a tight game, Jay Keith. Going into the final round, Sydney McElroy has six points, and Justin McElroy has seven points. Oh, what a comeback for Justin. Ooh. 
All right, but now it is time for our final round. Thank you, lonely high school years. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And now it is time for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'll read 10 statements, and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Sydney and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. And again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Sydney, there are 50 states in the U.S. True. Correct. Justin, all 50 states in the U.S. have nicknames. False. Incorrect. Sydney, all 50 states in the U.S. have official nicknames. False. Correct. Justin, Alabama does not have an official nickname. True. Correct. Sydney, according to NH.gov, New Hampshire has five nicknames. True. Incorrect. Justin, according to NH.gov, New Hampshire has four nicknames. True. Correct. Sydney, one of them is the Granite State. True. Correct. Justin, one of them is the White Mountain State. False. Incorrect. No, it really is. Sydney, one of them is Switzerland of America. <laughs> oh, I hope it's true. True. Correct. It is. I couldn't believe that either. Oh, my God. That's great. Justin, one of them is Mother of Rivers. True. Correct. Sydney, one of them is Father of Mountains. False. Correct. Justin, one of them is Daughter of Old Hampshire. False. <laughs> Correct. Sydney, one of them is Stepbrother of Vermont. <laughs> False. Correct. And finally, Justin, one of them is Uncle of Maple Syrup. True. <laughs> Incorrect. We're not going to count those last few. <laughs> Thank you so much to Justin and Sydney McElroy as Helen tabulates the final score. Helen, are you ready to announce the winner on today's show? Jay Keith, it is a tie. Oh, my goodness. Sydney oh! McElroy tie. has 10 points, and Justin McElroy also has 10 points. Well, wow. that means we're going to wow. have to go to our tiebreaker. We've prepared a special one because of all of the podcasts. That Please, we have to remain married. Just let it be a tie, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, we, standards and practices will not allow that. Oh, and you know no. how Jesse right. gets. Um, all right. <laughs> we're gonna go to our we all do. <laughs> we're going to go to our tiebreaker. The answer is a number. Whoever gets closer to the correct number wins. We do not play Price is Right style, so no guessing $1. It's going to work like this. I'll ask the question. Think about it for a moment. Then I'll ask you to blurt out your answers at the same time on the count of three. So don't answer right away. Here is the specially prepared question for you who know a lot about podcasts. According to Edison Research, as of March 2021, what percentage of the U.S. population is familiar with the term podcasting? Again, we're looking for a number, the percentage of the U.S. population that is familiar with the term podcasting. Think about it for a moment. And then on the count of three, give me your answers. One, two, three. Forty percent. All right. Uh, Sydney said 40 and Justin said 60. Believe it or not, the actual answer, 78 percent. 78 percent. That means, Justin, congratulations. You are the facting champion. What will you do with your championship? I will wish that had it gone to my wife oh, is what I will do very, with very it, sweet. but I will treasure it, put it up on the shelf. Wow, there's an award coming through my screen. Um, Amazing. Sure. All right, um, that just leaves everyone on the panel an opportunity to promote whatever they would like. Dr. Sydney McElroy, where can people find you and your work? Well, at Maximum Fun, you can listen to Sawbones, our show about medical history where Justin makes jokes and is not a doctor. And then uh, Still Buffering, the show that I do with my two siblings about um, t media we enjoyed as teens, then and now. 
Excellent. And I have a feeling Grease 2 might come up on that show. Uh, thank you Absolutely. S- thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Sidney McElroy. Justin McElroy, what about you? You know what? You can find it all at McElroy.family. That's our website for all of our stuff. Sydney and I wrote a book based on Sawbones. If you like books, if you're kind of a book person, mm-hmm. it's called the Sawbones book. You can buy it and get that. Also, this summer is the fourth of our graphic novel series based on the Adventure Zone. Um, so if you would buy that. And buy all the other ones. Uh, I have promised people since last year that when the fourth book is released, uh, everyone will be able to read it in crowded places with no masks. So that is a that is a called shot that I've been making for quite some time. But I feel very strongly by July it will it will come to pass. Excellent. Well, from your mouth to people's arms, we hope that uh, ends up being the case. Thank you so much for joining us, Justin McElroy. Ladies and gentlemen, you are so lucky because my hosting partner is Ms. Helen Hong. Helen, what do you got going on? I have a YouTube channel with my parents called Old Korean Dad Stories and Sometimes Mom. And I host another podcast called Job Salit about old-timey jobs that no longer exist. Excellent. Well, we're so happy that your job as my hosting partner still exists because we're always happy to see Ms. Helen Hong. Uh, and me, you can uh, watch a game show that I wrote on Discovery+. Plus. It is called 90 Day Fiancé Love Games, and it's exactly as you think it is from the title. <laughs> you also can find me on social media at J underscore Keith on Twitter and on jkeith.net, all spelled out on Instagram. And that just leaves me to thank Justin McElroy, Dr. Sidney McElroy, Maxwell Caulfield, John Linnell, and you, the MaxFun listener and supporter. Last chance, last time I'm going to tell you about this is, of course, we want you to support us in the Max Fun Drive. We are an audience-supported network, an audience-supported show, which means what, Helen? Audience-supported means when you join, you're part of the community helping us to make the show. By looking to the people who enjoy the show to help fund the show, we are free to keep making it the way you like it. And if you are listening to this episode on the day that it drops, do not wait, because that means we are almost at the end of this year's drive. So go right now, do not delay, to MaximumFun.org slash join. We're almost at the end. It is a limited time offer. Go get the pin, get the T, get the opportunity to possibly be a guest on Go Fact Yourself. Do it now at MaximumFun.org slash join. We've got all sorts of wonderful incentives. The one I don't think I quite mentioned is we do have our pin, our unique Go Fact Yourself pin that is only for Max Fun Drive 2021. I, I wouldn't say I designed it. I uh, conceptualized it and then gave it to a real designer so that you can actually read and understand what is happening on the pin. You can get that at MaximumFun.org slash join. Everybody, I just want to say sincerely, we're a pretty small operation. We probably don't have the huge audience that you might think we do based on the guests and the experts that we get. So we especially rely on audience support to keep this show going. Do you know fewer than 10% of our listeners actually have become Maximum Fund members? If we can bump that up just by 5 or 10%, it's going to make a huge difference, and you will be the reason why. We'll see you next time. Good night. Like what you hear? Come see us live. Someday, I think it might happen soon. It's free. Go to gofactorpod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like X Pandong did. He, she, or they said, this podcast is hard to compare to any because it stands out. Would love to see an episode featuring the McElroys if that ever becomes possible. Thanks, X Pandong. That's a good idea. We should get some McElroys. Helen? <laughs> 
Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised and produced by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from various homes across the country. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Our theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun senior producer is Laura Swisher. Associate producer, engineer, and editor is Julian Burrell. Special thanks to Pete Smolin and Phil Frandina at Upward Spiral Music, Susan Ferris at Bohemia Group, Sarah Arvin and Erin Jean Hussey at Girly Action, Christina Van Valkenberg, Spencer Marks, Laura House, Sarah Rodenbach, Brandon J. Carr, Clint Tauscher, Mike Avellanos, Adam Nedef, Dave Bianchi, Erich Tran, and Christine Velada. I've been Helen Hong! Let's go listen to They Might Be Giants and watch Grease 2! But not at the same time, because that's confusing! Good point, Helen. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.